Greetings to all my cool cats and cool kittens. They try to copy our style, but they stay frostbitten. You are now tuned to the sounds of MaximumFM.ca. It is your man, DM Cool, and welcome to Cool Radio. What we Indeed, we are back on the airways after a two-week hiatus slash Christmas holiday break. But nonetheless, welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, it is your man, DM Cool, And we have an action-packed show for you guys tonight. As my special guest for tonight, I have the lovely and talented Mel Flower in studio. She will be premiering some new music. We'll be talking about her new music and all that other good stuff in between. Also, what I got to talk about on today's show, man. I got to talk about Oprah versus Seal. I got to talk about Joe Biden versus Eminem. I got to talk about Kendrick Lamar teaming up with Black Panther. Like, so much stuff is happening right now, man. Like, I, I'm on overload. But before I get to all that, man, you guys already know how I do at the beginning of the show, man. I got some stuff to basically get off of my chest. So on that note, I think it's time that we let that ish breathe. Let this bitch breathe. So first and foremost, um, January of 2018 is the current month that we're in, the current year that we're in, of course. Um, but this is very, you know, monumental for me because this marks the fifth anniversary of the inception of Cool Radio. So uh, I'm gonna give that a yes drop real quick. <laughs> Yeah, man, five years strong, five years strong, and it's something that, like, I kind of look back upon, I'm like, wow, like, it kind of started off small, you know, at a little college radio station, fast forward, I'm over here at Maximum FM, internet radio station, a bit more mature, a lot more professional, I would say, so it's a step in the right direction, of course, you know, so I'm really happy that you guys have come along the way, you know, from those of you who have been around since the very beginning, and for the people who have come along the way since then, I appreciate you guys, I appreciate you guys just as much, and shouts to all the all the, I guess, not just artists, but all the public figures that have come by as well, and the ones who recommended other public figures to come by to the studio as well, that is greatly appreciated. And it's all about, you know, advancing and leveling up uh, when it comes to the show. So anytime I have a big announcement or a big change to announce to you guys, you guys will be the first to know because you guys have been here from day one. So I appreciate you guys very much. So thank you very much. Now, what I really want to talk about, you know, to open things up uh, for today's show is the fact that I was watching the Raptors play against the Cleveland Cavaliers last night, and the Raptors not only picked up a victory, but they did it in, like, demolishing fashion. Like, they spanked the Cavs 133-99, to and that was in regulation. There was no overtime, no nothing. And what I found very interesting about that game is the fact that we had no Serge Ibaka because he got suspended. Um, and then also on top of that, we also had no Kyle Lowry because he was injured as well. So that was a huge, huge, huge thing, man. So I was very, I was very elated by that. And I was just very proud of my boys overall, uh, for the fact that, 
um, they they came up big. You know, Demar didn't even score that much. Like it was more of a team game, um, and basically everyone chipped in. You had Pascal, yeah, Pascal chipping in. You had um, uh, Delon Wright. You had uh, you yo Fred Van Vliet turned into Kyle Lowry that game. Basically, that was huge. Um, but overall, what I love about that the most is the fact that. And me, I don't really care about this as much as I used to anymore. But I was more so thinking about the people who always, you know, want to talk about this particular subject. The fact that um, the Raptors don't get any love on national television. So not only did they get to be played on national television, but they put up one of their best performances of the year against one of the premier teams in the league. So... Hopefully that will, you know, satisfy the people who are craving for that, for the national attention that the Raptors should deserve. I think they should deserve it. But me personally, I don't care if America isn't coming up here with their major stations like ESPN or TNT to to cover a game because I'm kind of, I'm I, I'm kind of over that at the at this point. I don't really care about that anymore. Like if it's playoffs, sure, then like you're gonna have to. But during the regular season. Don't really care about that. Now, a lot of people are gonna go are gonna go back and say that say that oh well, Cleveland wasn't trying. Um, they don't really care about the regular season. It's all about the playoffs for them. And I get it. I understand. I understand. But I feel like people who are quick to dismiss the Raptors, whether they're Canadian or American, are gonna say that. And then on the flip side, if the Cavs had won that game, then people would turn around and say, oh, you see, the Raptors aren't ready. The Raptors aren't ready. So either way. If you're a Raptors fan, you can't really win against people who are against the Raptors in, in that regard. So my thing is, if you're a fan of the team and you know how good they are, you know how good they can be, never mind the – don't try and seek the validation of the American audience or whomever. Like, you know how good they are. You know what the mission is at hand. Kind of treat treat this like DeMar DeRozan would treat like his style of play and how he wants to progress. Hashtag prove him. That's what you want to do. That is the main thing that I would recommend to any hardcore Raptors fan. Uh, so I would say don't trip and don't fret over it because at the end of the day, you know what the Raptors have in store for this year. They want to take the number one seed, and I think they should try and go for the number one seed because, A, They've already proven everyone wrong about where they will be seated, you know, in this year's standings. As long as they continue this play, which I think they will, barring, you know, any serious injury or anything like that. And two, who's to say they can't take the number one seed? Like, they are, what, two and a half, what, three games behind Boston right now? It's very possible for them to get that number one seed. Because if they do, then chances are Cleveland will probably fall into the number two or three. I'd probably say the three spot, unless they still continue to free fall, and I hope they don't because then they would still match up with the Raptors anyway. But basically what I'm saying is let the Cavs and Celtics beat the crap out of each other in that second round. Therefore, it's going to be slim pickings come conference finals, which will, you know, better the Raptors' chances of making it to the NBA finals. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying it's a guaranteed done deal they're going to the finals. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying they have a better shot of potentially doing so if they get that one seed and advance towards the Eastern Conference Finals because the competition, not saying that the competition is going to be piss poor or anything, but they're going to have better odds against whomever they're going to be facing in the first and second round respectively. So I'm really liking overall what I'm seeing from the squad this year. DeMar DeRozan is having an MVP caliber year, in my opinion. 
I mean, he's got the team second in the Eastern Conference thus far. He's averaging about 25 points a game, less than what he was averaging last year. But but he's been he's become more of a playmaker, which is why his points have decreased. But he's also increased his three-point attempts and his three-point shooting percentage to about 37%, which is very, very respectable. If you're up in that 37 to 39 percentile area, you're just above average as a three-point shooter. 40 and up, you're an elite company. So... Good for DeMar on expanding on his offensive talents. Also, just being a lot more cognizant of where his teammates are on the offensive end. He doesn't just pass the ball anymore with the hopes of somebody catching it. He he knows exactly where his teammates are going to be. He knows he's going to draw the double teams, and he knows that one of his teammates is going to be there ready to catch the ball when, when he launches it to that particular person. His IQ is, is growing. It's almost like Neo in the Matrix. He's starting to believe. So... I love what the Raptors are doing right now. I hope they continue it. And before I go off to a commercial break, I want to give a big shout out to my man Drizzy Drake for getting the Cleveland Cavaliers drunk for the last two or three days to throw them off of their game. Drizzy, you're a real one. I salute you for that. Hashtag more life. Now, with that being said, we are going to go to a commercial break. And when we come back, I have the lovely and talented Mel Flower in studio. And we're going to talk music and all that good stuff. So keep it locked. This is Cool Radio. We'll be right back after these messages. Yeah. You're listening to Maximum FM Hip Hop. Hey, yes, yes, y'all. Welcome back to the show. Once again, it is your man DM Cool. And this is Cool Radio. And as promised, I have my guest for the evening. Now, this is her third time being on Cool Radio. Uh, she is no stranger to the show. She is, in fact, a friend of the show. Uh, she is a singer and songwriter and has a new single out that she would like to share with the rest of the world. We're going to talk about all that and so much more. But, ladies and gentlemen, I have the lovely and talented Mel Flower blossoming in the building right now. Now, how you doing? Um, I'm better. You're, be- you're better. <laughs> yeah, I'm better. <laughs> you, you, you had you had your cocoa, like you, you're 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 well, you're well tempered now. <laughs> I had my mental cocoa. Your your mental cocoa. Okay, that that's good enough. That's good enough because uh, we need we need the flower, not the the dandelion in here right now. <laughs> uh huh. Shout out to Mother Nature, yo. Shout out to Mother Nature. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, on Cool Radio, I encourage all my guests to speak freely. So if you if you feel like you need to drop a cuss bomb or two, feel or free five. to do so. Or five. Who knows? Because, you know, the way Mother Nature is acting up nowadays, I mean, just today alone. I mean, like I was telling you, you know, off, off camera, off mic, whatever. Um, it was what? Like it was raining first and then they hailed mm. and then it snowed. Mm. With some wind in between. Like, I've never seen the weather switch up three times within within a day. I've never seen that before. You need to talk to Mother Nature. I, 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 like, we need to, but, like, you can be the bad cop. I'll be the good cop. How about that? Yeah, sure. Yeah, because, you know, I don't want any charges or anything like that. It'll be be easier with you, you know? Like... (laughs) I'm just saying. But nonetheless, let's move on to more positive vibes and more more lovely topics, you know, to, you know, alleviate some of that stress that Mother Nature's put on her head. Um, it's been roughly a year since the last time you were on the show. Uh, what have you been up to since then? Um, a lot of a lot of hiding from from the world and just doing my own thing and mm-hmm. uh, dealing with some things personally and mm-hmm. just building quietly right yeah right and that's and that's the name of the game you know i always i always tell people you know like hustle quietly like you don't need to post every single new thing that you're planning to do on social media what have you i feel like some people do that a lot because they want some sort of like validation or whatever the case may be but if you know that you have a goal or a plan set 
just work at it and then once you get something accomplished within that plan then sure share share the news and what have you right because you know that part is done you're moving on to the next one right it doesn't have to be oh i'm planning on doing this i'm planning on doing that that's great but if you don't get that done then you know people are gonna say oh well he's just all talk or she's just all talk right so yeah silent building i i i endorse that 110 percent now um you were actually performing, I think it was like last month or something like that. Um, it was at a, I guess you're calling me like a burlesque-esque type of show, maybe? It involved burlesque. There was burlesque involved. Right, um, right. And that, and how was that for you, actually? It was different. It was new. It was right. A new fun experience. Um, it was a sex-themed show, so mm -hmm. um, there were burlesque dancers and um, exotic dancers. Mm -hmm. Um uh yeah and i performed uh performed what exactly i performed an original track oh okay okay, okay. only people who were at the performance would have been able to hear it is not out anywhere and it won't be for a while right so it was like a little sneak peek for i guess that kind of audience or like whoever's trying to listen to that vibe right right so it's very very sexual vibe i'm guessing yeah, with, with that particular sensual. record sensual okay Okay, <laughs> and is that kind of the is that the direction that you want to move into more often with your with your music now? Um, I just do everything. It's not any set direction of one type of track. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm all over the place, right? In, in a good a necessary way, right? Yeah. So it's just genuinely like what you're feeling, you know, at, at the moment. I guess like if that's the particular mood you want to express yourself in, then that's where you're kind of going with, I guess. That's right. Right, right. And, you know, would, would you see yourself, you know, doing that type of performance again to, you know, kind of do something a little bit more outside of your comfort zone? Absolutely. Um, I got pretty good response from that performance and the track itself. Um, mm -hmm. So it's something that I would like to put out a little more and, mm -hmm. like, put myself out there. Um in that sense and just be more comfortable with myself right and, um, in my own skin on stage doing that kind of performance right just just let it all out basically let it all hang out yeah <laughs> just express exactly um now i wanted to ask you this particular question because you are a singer of the r&b variety um for the last few years or so like me personally i've been noticing that r&b music mainstream wise has sounded very generic um but lately over like the last year maybe the last two years or so like i've noticed a, quite a few people coming up with like the soulful aspects of r&b so you have singers like daniel caesar coming up you have scissor coming up you have bruno mars taking it back to like a more late 80s 90s uh feel to to the music and i feel like a lot of that music is now kind of creeping slowly back into the mainstream once again so you as an r&b singer how do you feel about the blues being a part of the rhythm part of r&b once again i feel like it's about time mm -hmm. and i'm excited and it's perfect timing for me so right it's great absolutely <laughs> and it's I, I like how you say perfect timing because next month or actually not not even next month it's the end of the month uh the grammys are coming up and what i not just me but what a lot of people notice basically is that the grammy uh, a lot of the nominations not just the performances are very hip-hop and r&b filled you know this time around like album of the year category for example you have uh, bruno mars and then you also have childish gambino who did a funk album as well um so my question is i guess at this point is 
are the Grammys finally getting it right? You know, just with the naked eye test. Uh, with the naked eye test, um, to be honest, I haven't really caught up with that. So that's like you telling me that right now is like the first time I'm hearing those nominations. So sure. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess in that sense, from previous years that I have watched, it, it is they are getting it right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just about the market. Like it's saturated with all that kind of music. So they don't really have a choice. Right. And that's how it should be. We should just put out amazing music so that they mm-hmm. don't have a choice. Exactly. And I think what I what I noticed is that hip hop is now the highest selling genre of music you know in, t- in today's generation basically and r&b also has its ties with hip-hop as well from like the late 80s onwards right so with all the all this great music that's coming out that that has sold well and has done well in the critical eye it's like you you can't ignore it at, at that point you know especially if it's selling so much if it's the main reason why streaming sales are going up as far as uh, spotify is concerned apple music is concerned or what have you um so I was definitely shocked personally when I saw a lot of these nominations. Like, for example, I'm not sure if you know, but in the album of the year category, for example, it's the first time, in, like, God, I think it's the first time ever, actually, that there is no white male nominated in that category. Right. I remember hearing about that. Yeah. That I do remember hearing about. Yeah. That's magical, right? Yeah. That's nuts. Like, you have <laughs> you have Kendrick in there, Jay is in there, uh, mm-hmm. Bruno Mars, like I mentioned. Gambino, that threw me off. I'm like, wow, that's a dark horse right there. And then you have Lord, the, the single white person in there. And I hope that's not like a red herring or anything like that. Because right. <laughs> you have so many great artists in that category. But you have that one person. Snatch it. I know, right? It's just like, just don't do this. It's like, don't do this. Don't do this, guys. <laughs> but no, I, th- I, think it's a, I think it's a beautiful thing that, you know, the Grammys are finally opening their eyes. And not to say that the Grammys are the pinnacle you know, because at the end of the day, if you know that there are particular artists with a particular genre that make great music, then that should be the only validation, right? I understand the Grammys is very historical. They, they're kind of like the tastemakers, so to speak. But for the longest time, they didn't accept hip-hop and what have you. So it's just like, if they didn't accept hip-hop and they're still struggling somewhat to accept hip-hop, then it's just like, we shouldn't have to continue to press them to do so. Um, I get it. They are the standard as far as like awarding this, that, and the third, or what have you. But at the same time, if you look at the list of artists who haven't won Grammys, who should have won Grammys, then again, like there's a lot of work to do. Cough, cough, Nas. I'm just saying, right? <laughs> um, so um, at least I will give them their credit and say, finally, like you are opening your eyes. You know what I mean? But there is more work to be done, I would say. But. You being R and B artist, I was, I was I just wanted to get your take on that because you know this is your genre, is your art form. <laughs> now moving on from that, actually uh, speaking of new music, um, you have some new music that you're going to debut tonight. Um, tell us about the new record that you have. Uh, the new record is called "Talk to Me," and um, it's really, really hardcore, like R and R and B '90s R and B feel. Mm-hmm. So it'll bring you. Bring you that nostalgic vibe, and um, it's just an honest track about um, your significant other and communication, and that person being more open with you. Because um, a lot of guys in general are known to not um, be able or know how to communicate mm-hmm. um, their feelings and whatnot, mm-hmm. um, or just even things that they they may be going through. They don't really want to talk about it. They feel emasculated and whatnot. Right. So, um, 
Yeah, that's what it's about. <laughs> all right, all right. I like that because you know you you hit the nail on the head. Like, um, there are a lot of guys out there who don't know how to communicate their feelings, right? And I feel like part of that is because of like this social construct that's been placed upon men. Black men especially, you know, about communicating your feelings and showing emotion or what have you. Because if you show your emotion, then you're vulnerable. And, like, that's what is always programmed in our heads for whatever reason. Um, so I feel like it's important that, you know, black men in particular, I would say, should break away from that chain. You know, especially, when, like, when you get – as you get older. Like, sure, if you're a teenager or whatever, yeah, fine. One of the puff of just be macho, you know, the bravado, the puberty is kicking in. Sure, whatever. But, like, once you get to, like, a particular age in your life, like, let's say, like, 25 and up and what have you, I think that's when – because you're now slowly growing in, into a, a more mature adult. That's when you kind of got to be a bit more in tune with your feelings and not be afraid to, you know, express what's really happening. Not saying that you got you to, gotta like – cry your eyes out like every, every five seconds or anything but like if you i know right but if you are with your significant other and like this is the person that you call your best friend that you can you know put your faith and your trust in that person then i think you should understand that they're not going to hold that quote-unquote moment of weakness against you you know what i'm saying because at the end of the day it's not weak to show emotion you know so I feel like a lot of men and, you know, in some cases, a lot of, a lot of women as well should should understand that. So I'm glad that you are, are taking that approach with this particular single. Um, so before we get to that, you already know how we do when it comes to the games. So with that being said, yeah, <laughs> I don't know why I have the Bill Cosby thing going on right now. But nonetheless, <laughs> it is time to play I'd Quit the Game. Every second, every minute, man, I swear that she can get it. Uh-huh. So, you are very familiar, familiar with this game, but for the people at home who are listening for the first time who are not, these are the parameters. <clears throat> you are the eligible bachelorette. You're wheeling, dealing, kiss stealing, jet flying, limousine riding, all that good stuff. But there comes a point in everyone's life where everyone's got to quit the game. You got to settle down, have kids, move into the white home with the white picket fence, with the tire swing and the apple pie corn on the windowsill, Spud McKenzie dog, all that good stuff. If you had to quit the game for one of these two gentlemen, who would it be for? And because this movie is coming out, I figure I named these two people in particular. Um, would you quit the game for Chadwick Boseman or would you quit the game for Michael B. Jordan? Chadwick. Chadwick. Okay, okay. Why, why Chadwick? I'm curious. Because he's more... You got, you got to speak up. You got to speak he's up. more, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know you're lost in your thoughts right now. I get it. He's a good-looking dude. I get it, but you, you, you got to speak up. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just... I actually really don't know much about either of their actual characters, like, uh, away from the big screen. Right, right. So, um, he just... His... What do you call it? I guess it's aura, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, something like presence, that. Yeah. Uh, it just it seems very like stern and manly, and he's talented. So. Right, right. They're both talented. Right. Yeah. So stern and manly, I I I I picked <laughs> up like. So what what to you? And I'm always curious to hear this from women, right? Right? Because like some women like to say, "Oh, that's a man right there. That's a man." Right. What 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 makes him manly in, in your in your eyes? Just his stance, just how he looks and how he presents himself. Um, mm -hmm. Really, just sometimes guys just have more. I guess also it's like the maturity thing, right? Like being older mm -hmm. 
and such. So that that also helps um, most of the time. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say because sometimes age isn't really. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's me. I know. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Shots fired. Pow, pow. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, yeah, just the way he carries himself. Right. From what I've seen. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, nonetheless, we're about to get to your new single right now. So, ladies and gentlemen, keep it locked. We're about to drop that right now. And when we come back from the commercial break, we got trip talk. So that's three topics. Three of the hottest topics that happened within the week of hip hop and pop culture. So keep it locked. This is Cool Radio, and we'll be right back after these messages. A year. You're listening to Maximum FM Hip Hop. Cool cats and cool kittens, welcome back to the show. Once again, it is your man DM Cool, and this is Cool Radio. Right now, I'm in the studio live with the lovely and talented Mel Flower in the studio. Say what's up. What's up? Yeah, we were just banging out to a new record entitled Talk to Me, and that was a very lovely record, by the way. I loved it. I was digging the vibe, very, very slow, very melodic, just kind of get you in that that right that right vibe that you want to be in. So I like that. I'm I'm always a sucker for the 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 more melodic tunes, whether it's R&B, whether it's hip hop. Like if you have that 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 right melody, it's just very chill and calm, relaxing. You, you, I'm sold. That that's just me right there. Mix that in with like good content, and like we're rocking. <laughs> But nonetheless, speaking of good content, it is time for the next segment of the show. So this is entitled Trip Talk. So we got three of the hottest topics that happen in the world of hip-hop and pop culture altogether. So on that note, let's get things started. So the first topic has to do with two of my favorite things right now in the world, which happen to be Kendrick Lamar and the upcoming release of Black Panther. Now, it was announced uh, last week that Kendrick Lamar will be producing the original soundtrack for black panther now it was already a hot enough movie as it is but the fact that you're adding in the biggest rapper arguably on the planet right now is like the most blackest 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 thing that's ever happened <laughs> but no but no seriously though seriously um later, uh, earlier this week uh kendrick uh, performed at the college football uh, finals game. Um, I'm, I know I'm saying that wrong. I'm not a college football fan, so I apologize. But um, basically, <laughs> I don't give a shit. I don't care. <laughs> when I say ball is life, I'm talking about basketball. Everything else can go kick rocks. <laughs> but basically, uh, Kendrick performed uh, at the halftime show of that game and performed uh, three songs off of Damn. And then one of the songs was entitled All the Stars featuring SZA, which is the first single off of the uh, Black Panther soundtrack, and then he proceeded to uh, say the words Black Panther, and then they premiered the new, uh, I want to say trailer is more of a TV spot, more of an extended TV spot of the new film. Now, if you're in America, you got to see that commercial live in all of its glory, but if you're in Canada, well, TSN kind of messed it up for all of us thank you not really but nonetheless um this is huge this is very huge um i think this is the first time that marvel has ever uh reached out to an artist to curate an original soundtrack whereas all the other other soundtracks made for the other movies have just been a collection of songs that have already been previously recorded but this album is going to be majority new material or not not necessarily new but more so original material from other artists that are dedicated to this particular album so mel what is your take on that <laughs> um i think it is such a smart move very on, on everyone's behalf yes and i i'm excited i'm excited to really see what what he comes up with mm -hmm. um as i'm sure everyone else is 
those pre-sales though. <laughs> let's, let's, let's talk about the pre-sales. Sorry, sorry. You have no idea how much this movie means to me, okay? You hype, you hype. So let's talk about the pre-sales. Actually, I'm, I'm glad you you mentioned that. That was going to be my next segue. But basically, the pre-sales it broke the record for the most uh, uh, sold tickets out of any Marvel movie ever. Like it beat out Captain America: Civil War, which is huge because that was basically a team-up movie of of Captain America, Iron Man, Black Panther was there as well. There were so many characters that are in that film were in Black Panther. It's a standalone film that features primarily him and the people within his universe specifically. And for someone who's debuting in their first feature film, you know, as far as, you know, the the Marvel timeline goes, that's huge. It's not like a Thor Ragnarok where that was his third outing and the numbers are huge. No, this is his first debut as as that character in his own standalone film. And it's just off the, the presence of A, something we've never seen before, B, proper representation of an underrepresented group of people, black people, uh, and C, <laughs> it just leads into um, the next Marvel film, which is going to be Avengers Infinity War, which is probably going to be the blockbuster of the year, most likely. But then again, based on these pre-sale tickets, that might have something to say about that in the form of Black Panther. Um I'm really excited about this, clearly, as you can see. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited, too. Um, yeah. It is, it is very monumental and mm-hmm. necessary for, um, for the culture. It really is. Yeah. It really Enjoy is. the culture. I mean... <laughs> I mean, I could I could literally sit down and just tell you how excited I was when I first heard that there was gonna be a Black Panther film. I remember they made an announcement about that as well as their other string of films that they had planned out for their their next phase and what have you. And just in the corner, I saw the Black Panther logo. I'm just like, shut up! They're not doing a Black Panther movie because I remember watching the little miniseries that they did way back in like 2010 or whatever. I never even knew about him at that time. I'm like, hold on, it's a black superhero. He's from Africa. He's a king of a country that hasn't been invaded it's the most technically advanced country in the world and he's stronger than than iron no stronger than captain america and smarter than iron man and i'm just hearing about him now because why (laughs) so like just all this just called me like that you know finding out chadwick boseman will play the role of him finding out that he was going to be in captain america civil war and just everything in between oh man i my soul is ready my soul is ready (laughs) It yeah. is ready. Me and my boys, we got our tickets, so we are good. So. Yes. Um, but nonetheless, you know, I feel like, you know, the pairing of him, of uh, that film with Kendrick Lamar curating and, and bringing original content to the soundtrack is brilliant, as you said, because it works out in both parties. And at the end of the day, it, sh- it just shows you how strong, you know, hip hop as a culture is when it sees something that it wants to stand behind. And also, it shows the selling power. Uh, to a particular audience that is feeding for something more. Like, you have your typical Marvel audience that's going to watch the film regardless because it's Marvel. Um, you have your particular segment of, of people who have been underrepresented. And I'm not even just talking about black people in general. I'm talking about black people who are nerds, like black people who read comic books because they've been underrepresented within comic books for, for a long time. We haven't really had anyone of this magnitude show up on screen 
ever really. I think the closest was Blade, and that debuted 20 years ago. But Blade wasn't even on that level, though. We're talking about a film that has a primarily black cast. You have like maybe two white guys in the film, as far as main characters go. But nonetheless, it's not just a black cast. It's an African cast as well, like as far as the characters and what have you, and the settings, and of, and of course. And even just the actors in general, they have diverse backgrounds. You have, you have black American actors. You have uh, African actors uh, by way of England. You have African actors by way of America. So it's just they got they got actors from so many black diasporas that it just made it that much more official. So I got to give a shout out to Marvel for using their white privilege <laughs> to, to better the black community in terms of film and cinema for, for this particular film. So shout outs to them. And then shout outs to everyone that they got in the film, basically. So. But nonetheless, um, ladies and gentlemen watching at home, listening at home, what do you guys think? Hit me up on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio. Um, I could talk about that for days, weeks even, as you can see, because I'm a nerd. I don't give a shit. Um, <laughs> so the next topic that I want to get to um, is it involves Joe Budden. Now, this guy is... <laughs> Okay, so Joe Budden finds himself in the center of controversy, surprise, surprise, um, when he basically stated that the song Untouchable from Eminem off of his new album Revival was a trash out, uh, trash record. He also said that um, he was not a fan of the track listing. I'm guessing it was so feature heavy. Like he had a record with Beyonce on there. He had a record with Pink, all these other people basically. So he called the he called the, the track listing trash. Not the album, but more so the track listing. Now he said this weeks ago. Like he said this on like one of the one of his final appearances on the Complex Show Everyday Struggle. Um, but this is all starting to resurface now because Eminem put out a song called Septic and it was a remix, I guess, of a record that he had on the album. And it featured two chains of somebody else. And there was a few lines uh, in that record that a lot of people were thinking, oh, this is aimed at Joe Budden because of his criticism. Now, Joe Budden went on his podcast and went on to say, oh, I don't think he's talking about me. It doesn't sound like it, yada, yada, yada. Um, but then even before that, beforehand, um, you had people like uh, Bazaar of D12 coming at Joe Budden saying, I'm going to, it's just the typical bravado, tough talk and all that stuff. And they had a little back and forth uh, uh, spit on Twitter. And even 50 kind of got into it as well. But I think 50 was just trolling, basically just saying, yeah, he 50 doing his 50 stuff, basically. Yeah. I mean, he has a new movie coming out, so of course, he's going to say something. It just so happens that Eminem is his boy and what have you. Um, overall, I find this very interesting because of the fact that Joe Budden is signed to Eminem's label. Um, and a lot of people were thinking, okay, he's probably going to be biased in favor of Eminem's album because that's his label mate or his label boss, really. But he kind of just lashed out and said, no, I didn't I didn't like that song. I don't like the track listing. And I'm not sure if he's even listened to the album, but I think that track listing alone turned him off from the album. And the album overall hasn't really been well received. Um, but then it's funny that people were coming at him and saying, oh, you're being too hard on him. So it's just like... What do you want? <laughs> but nonetheless, um, what is your take on all this uh, hoopla? <laughs> um, I haven't heard the track, so I wouldn't know. But right. my guess is that um, seeing Eminem in his recent light, it doesn't seem like he would entertain it, even mm -hmm. if um, he was, dare you say, offended sure. by, by it, um, which I don't think he would be enough. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like real, like... It wasn't real drama. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. like he's a trash artist and he yeah. kind of thing. Like 
Right. Who was just like, I'm not feeling the checklist. Right. Everyone's entitled to their own opinion. Exactly. Um, but he, he does, Joe Budden always have, has a way of just creeping back up uh, right. to the spotlight. He does, he does. He's, he's remain relevant. Yeah, I mean, some of, his, some of his tactics, not the greatest. Some of his tactics, sure, whatever, whatever your cup of tea is. At the end of the day, um, I think it all just comes down to the fact that art is subjective, right? So there's never going to be a perfect answer. And if he feels that it was trash, then so be it. We don't even know what kind of relationship Joe and Eminem have outside of the music. Like, they may be the type of people where they just kind of like... They just go at each other and be like, no, this is whack. No, this is whack. It may be their way of, you know, motivating each other to do better, right? So we don't know that for a fact if that was, in fact, the case. Um, and then as far as Bizarre from D12 kind of getting at him, it's just like, dude, your rap name is Bizarre. You shouldn't even be talking, man. Just sit down. And apparently him and Eminem haven't spoken in like 10 years. So it's just like, why are you now interjecting yourself into this? I don't even want to call it war words. I would just say discourse. That's the best way I could, I could describe it as. Yeah. Yeah, and then fifty. Relevance. Yeah, I know. It's all about relevance. It's all about yeah. That's that's really what that's, it comes down to. That's it. Nobody that, really has anything worthy of saying, so they just talk shit. Exactly. That's that's really what it comes down to at the end of the day. <laughs> so I'm not I'm not shocked that you know Button would be entertaining because at the end of the day it's more promo for his brand because exactly. you know he's still fresh off of leaving Complex. Um, he did the thing with Revolt TV for the year end wrap up. There may be he may have his own program coming up on that same network, so we never know. And of course, he still has his podcast going right now, which is one of the more popular podcasts on the internet, basically. So at the end of the day, it's more pr- promo for Joe. That's that's all yeah. it comes down to. So. Nonetheless, ladies and gentlemen, what do you guys think about this whole ordeal? Um, hit me up on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio or drop your comments below in the comment section on YouTube when we post this. Now, the final topic and this one, this one is very interesting. Um, this one involves Oprah and it involves Seal. Now, I don't know if you heard about this one, Melody, but this one kind of caught me off guard. But I said, hey, let's talk about it. So. Emmett, or not Emmett, uh, Oprah, <laughs> Oprah is coming off the heels of, um, she won some sort of like award at the, at the Golden Globe ceremony yeah. and basically was just speaking about, you know, women who may have been like abused or may have been, uh, may have been the victims of sexual misconduct or what have you within the entertainment industry. And she was basically just giving them encouraging words and, and, and pieces of advice, what, what have you. Clearly that didn't sit too well with Seal. Uh, because he basically went on social media and put up a post on Instagram, I believe, and basically kind of calling out Oprah uh, for claims of hypocrisy. So there's this meme that he posted. I don't know if he created the meme or what have you, but nonetheless, he posted it on his official Instagram page with the blue check mark and everything. And so it's a picture. It's two pictures of Oprah and um, infamous uh, film director Harvey Weinstein. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So on the first picture, the caption reads, when you, have, when you have been a part of the problem for decades, mind you, it's a picture of her kissing him on the cheek. And then it goes down and it says, but suddenly they all think you are the solution. Mm-hmm. And in the caption, yeah, I know, right? Sizzle, sizzle. Um, in the caption for the meme, he says the following, and I quote, oh, I forgot. That's right. You'd heard the rumors, but you had no idea he was actually seeing or serially assaulting young starry-eyed actresses who in turn had no idea what they were getting into. My bad. Hashtag sanctimonious Hollywood. Whew, it's pretty heavy. That's for the, that's, 
them sound like fighting words. <laughs> but nonetheless, um, what is your take on on that exchange? Big up seal. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that's as real as it gets. Right? Because um, those are facts. That's beef right there. Never mind Joe versus Eminem. That's those, beef. Those are facts. <laughs> right. And facts will turn into beef. Yeah. Um, however, you know, Oprah being Oprah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure she won't. She'll act like she didn't see it or something. Right. Whatever. People are probably going to ask her about it. And she's going to make some cookie cutter statement about not knowing anything about what's going on or why. Yeah. Such a thing. I don't know what's going on with that. That was obviously the first time I heard that. So, yeah. Um, whoa. But yeah. Shout out to Seal. Right. <laughs> that was real. Now, now here, here's my take on this. Um, well, I appreciate Seal for being very candid about, about the scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, now, as far as Oprah is concerned, again, like you, I don't know all the facts, so it's very hard for me to make like a final statement on what has transpired. But if, in fact, that she did know about all these mishandlings, so to speak, then that's a very bad look on her, especially when you consider the fact that she's one of the most powerful women in Hollywood and in, in, in entertainment, basically. And the fact that she gave a speech, you know, towards other young women about, you know, holding yourself to a higher standard and what have you. You know, it all it all it would all sound very contradictory if that, in fact, what was posted turns out to be fact that she knew about all these, you know, mishandlings and didn't care to say anything about it. Her being a woman in the entertainment industry. Um, so I would be very curious to hear a response from Oprah in regards to this or she'll even give a response at all. Now, if she does, it might be, like you said, a cookie cutter statement, you know, typed up by a PR agent mm-hmm. rather than her being on social media or going on TV to, you know, address it. Um, but it would almost like if, th- if this were to happen, like if that, in fact, w- is the case, I would almost put it on the same level uh, as like Bill Cosby and like all the like allegations he's faced. And let's be honest, like it, all those allegations may not be true, but you have to believe that a handful of them are true. If so many people are coming out of the woodworks, you know, 40, 50 years after the fact. So I feel like with Oprah and the, and the type of person that she is and like the type of status and power that she has, if that is true. Whew. When shit hits the fan, I tell you. When shit hits the fan. <laughs> the thing that people need to really understand and realize about all these award shows and things um, mm. is obviously it's all timing. Right. It's all like, where was Oprah the entire time? Right. Like, why did you choose now to finally speak up about it? Right. Whether or not what Seal said was true or not. It's mm-hmm. like, why Why'd you wait? It's like too much of a convenience. Um for the timing for right her, instead of speaking up about it sooner or acting like she cared sooner but um right me i'm i'm kind of with seal still guy with seal yeah. interesting that's interesting okay i'm not mad at that <laughs> um me i i'm just kind of like i'm a fly on the wall right now mm. as far as i'm concerned uh, i'm a fly on the wall right now i want to see i just look at everything right I, just, I laugh though right it's like a lot of these things are just really just bullshit and it's all just like it's just what's the word i'm looking for trivial no like controversy it's all just like fuck it i don't know whatever well it's all just con- controversy it's all controversy like, fair enough yeah unnecessary and um yeah good luck to oprah yeah I mean, she'll be fine i mean mind I you think. the um 
the speech was very great. Um, mm-hmm. It was inspiring. Yeah, I, I peeped some of it, but right. uh, but yeah, I didn't. I didn't feel it was from an honest place, and I was just more like your timing's kind of fishy to me. So right, right, it's a little finicky and almost. Then everyone's like, "Oh, perfect president," and I'm like, "Yeah, I'd rather not have another." Well. Not that I actually even care, because I'm not even American. I'm Canadian, right? But, like, it wouldn't be a good look on America to have another celebrity as a president. Like, get somebody who's actually qualified for the job. You know what I'm saying? Like, get somebody who used to be a mayor or a senator or some sort of, who you said holds some sort of political position. Not somebody who used to have their own talk show or somebody who has their own reality show. Like, get somebody with credentials, basically. But that's another topic for another day, <laughs> <Right>. nonetheless. <laughs> um, ladies and gents. Do you agree? Do you think Seal was out of pocket for his statement, or do you feel like he hit the money on the on the, on the wall? Uh, hit, hit me up on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio to share your thoughts. Uh, it is time for the Flashback Friday track of the day. So that means that I'm going to drop that drop just like this. And you guys already know, man. Hit me up on all social media platforms. And let me know what you want to hear for the flashback segment now i figure because you know we have you know an r&b superstar in the house right now uh i figure we go somewhere within the little hip-hop and r&b variety of the 90s mind you uh this is arguably one of my top i want to say 10 maybe 15 favorite songs of all time and this could arguably be the greatest hip-hop and r&b collaboration of all time it's de- it definitely put it on a new level for me at least as the young listener one of the first tracks i actually remember listening to as a six-year-old boy um i'm talking about the epic collaboration of method man and mary j blige and it's entitled you're all i need to get by so we're gonna play that and after we have that we will get to the wankster of the week so keep it locked yeah yes yes y'all welcome back to the show it is your man DM Cool, and this is Cool Radio, and I still got the lovely and talented Mel Flower in the building. Hey, hey. Yeah. And as you already know, it is that time of the show that you guys have been waiting for. I haven't done this in about three weeks. I'm about to lean in on this one. <clears throat> Who has entered the shallow walls of the Hall of Shame this week? Who has been crowned the captain of coonery this week? Ladies and gentlemen, it is time. It's time <laughs> for Wankster of the Week. This week's Wankster of the Week is actually a double. It's a double, actually. At first, it was going to be a single. But based on the recent news that came out following this story, I have now decided to make it a double. A double-double, if you will. I think it should come to us no surprise that this week's Wankster of the Week has to go to the conglomerates known as H&M. Uh. Not all the... Are they getting the Wankster of the Week? But they are sharing the Wankster of the Week with the with a lady by the name of Terry Mango, who is involved in the story. So, I'll I'll keep the finger on the pulse on that in a moment. But let's get to H and M first. So, if you guys are just tuning in and you have no idea what's happening with H and M, they got into some shit because they put out an ad that featured a young black boy who was wearing a shirt that said, "And I quote, coolest monkey." In the jungle. I'm going to repeat that one more time. Coolest monkey in the jungle. No! 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 Now, for those of you who do not understand the racial connotation between black people and monkeys, little quick crash course in history. Monkey, nigger, 
porch monkey, spirit chucker. These are all terms that are used to degrade black people for at least 400 years, basically. There is a history to this. These are words that were used uh, during the enslavement of black people in, uh, during the col col colonial col colonization, sorry, colonization of Africa and also the transatlantic slave trade that brought Africans over to the what would later be known as North America and South America uh, by nothing of their own will. So these words were used to demean them, to make them feel less of people. They were actually noted as three-fifths of a man rather than a full-on human being. And these words were used to hurt and enslave, and it, there was so much power to them uh, that brought them down, basically. So I'm saying this because those words still have power to this very day. If you call a black person a monkey, then clearly that person has racist intentions within that phrase. You call a white person a monkey, it doesn't really do anything. If you call a white person a cracker, it doesn't really do anything because at the end of the day, a white person wasn't being enslaved and being called cracker at the same time. So it just makes no it, it makes no difference. So for people who don't understand the backlash, please, I encourage you to do your research and do your readings and ask questions, and then you'll understand why there's such a hoopla about this. Speaking of the hoopla, um, The weekend caught wind of this as he was one of their uh, ambassadors for H&M, caught wind of this, and he said, listen, I'm out. I'm cutting ties with you guys. Uh, Beyonce was uh, also an H&M uh, model and spokesperson at one point in time. She caught wind of this. She cut ties. Any, basically, any black person who had anything that had to do with H&M cut their ties except for one person. And that leads me to that next person who goes by the name of Terry Mango. Now, you're probably asking yourself, who is Terry Mango? That sounds like a delicious beverage that I should drink in the summertime. But no, it is not. It is actually the equivalent of sewage swamp because this person, Terry Mango, is the mother of the little black boy who was wearing the hoodie that said coolest monkey in the jungle. Now, the reason why I'm giving her wankster of the week is because she condoned, I repeat, condoned the use of the coolest monkey in the jungle sweatshirt on her six-year-old black boy. No! 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 Now, you don't believe me? I have the quote right here, ladies and gentlemen, straight from her Instagram page. And this is what she said. And I quote, That's my son. I've been to all photo shoots, and this was not an exception. Everyone is entitled to their opinion about this. This is one of hundreds of outfits my son has modeled. Stop crying wolf all the time. Unnecessary issue. I'm sorry, bitch, but you're wrong. Is in fact a necessary issue because black people are still going through racism and bigotry to this very day just the other day actually the very president of the United States said that he doesn't want any refugees from Haiti or Africa or any other quote-unquote shithole countries so clearly this still has relevance in 2018 despite the fact that we're coming out with a monumental film in Black Panther next month and despite the fact that it's Black History Month next month Jesus Christ the timing the lack of awareness the lack of 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 just being aware overall basically the just the social ineptitude and the overall lack of presence in mind and just tone deaf actions of people like terry mango it's sad because at the end of the day when you have a black woman who is very rich in melanin especially saying these options not that it makes a difference anyway whether you're dark or light because you're still black at the end of the day but the fact that she's condoning this 
basically just says that she sold her soul to the devil because that paycheck from H&M must have been very blessed to the fact that she must have forgot about racism. It's like, yeah, boy, you wear that monkey shirt. Next thing you'll know, I'll get you to wear a shirt that says chains on me all day. Wow. The fact that she just said to leave it alone and that to stop bringing up unnecessary stuff to stop crying wolf? Come on, man. It's like, I hate it when people of color in particular pretend that racism doesn't exist or that the best way to counteract racism is to ignore it. No. You're living in a fantasy land if that's, if that's what you're thinking. Either that or you're trying to audition for Fox News. It's one of the two. But nonetheless, I got to give H&M the 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 big wanks of the week, of course, for their idiocy. And by the way, they issued out an apology and they said they're going to pull the, the hoodie off of the rack and the picture off and what have you. But it's too little too late. And on top of that, I got to give Terry Mango just as big of a wankster because you as a black woman and the parents of a black child who has to face racism day in and day out or who will have to eventually face racism day in and day out, whether it be on the schoolyard playground, whether it be in a high school classroom, uh, whether it's in the work setting through systemic racism or god forbid he becomes a product of institutionalized racism racism if he ever gets arrested and locked up in jail hell he's gonna get profiled by the police at one point in these days unfortunately that is the reality of every black youth hell i got profiled by police at least three times before i hit the age of 20 what did you know but nonetheless i gotta give these people the wankster do you deserve this wankster both of you people of course i'm gonna drop it one more time just like this Mel, your thoughts, please. Honestly, um, <laughs> here's my thoughts. I'm on, I'm on nobody's side. Okay. Um, while I completely agree, um, that the mother should have probably taken more precaution, it is her child and, uh, her parenting, um, so that is all on her. Um, how she tried to shut it down, um, knowing the obvious racist undertones presented, um, more like overtones at this point, but like, (laughs) (laughs) um, how she decided to shut it down and how she, um, I guess communicated it was a little off with me, um, because obviously there is a problem. It would have been great if she just been like, hey, yeah, I know that maybe this could have been seen the wrong way and I didn't think about it at the time or we didn't see it that way at the time or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but H&M, I don't know what, what more we expect from these big corporations, these European-owned brands anymore right. at this point. Um, it's, it's been a thing that like black people have their own brands. Support them. Right. Don't wait till these things happen to be all up in arms about shit when you're not supporting the person next door to you that's selling fucking shirts or socks even. Like, right. You know what I mean? So it's like I kind of get where the mom's coming from in the sense that maybe it was a little blown out of proportion as far as people's reactions. And a lot of the people that reacted to it were actually very much so hypocrites. Um a lot of people were saying, using the argument, that like, oh, hey, you know, like, I call my kid Little Monkey, and they're black, white, yellow, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Like, I, when I say it, I'm obviously not being racist to my own kid. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, on the parenting side, I could understand that. 
but on the corporate side um, and her decision to advertise her son like that, mm-hmm. that that is where I'm like, you kind of know you fucked up. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like you know. Like, you, you should have known just, you know, just with the obvious optics, like how that would have looked when you presented it. You know what I mean? Especially given the image of the white boy. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to bring that up as well. He had a shirt that said, what, like, Survivor of the Jungle uh, or something like that? Yeah, so- I think it's like Survivor, Survivor yeah. of the Jungle, or whatever. So you, so you're basically making it, making it sound like okay, black kid is an ape, and you are the survivor of the of the environment in which he, this little ape boy comes from. I mean, they're, they're not even cool shirts to begin with, anyway. It's just no. like what the hell? Like you couldn't think of anything better in your marketing department, and like this just comes to the point where there's an absence of color in those boardrooms, basically, because if there was at least one black person who was actually like socially conscious and had like an awareness of these things, then they that person would have been quick to shut it down. Well, they I don't know if they would have had the power to shut it down, but they would have at least said, "Yo, this is gonna look bad if you guys put this out there." You can if you want, but I'm letting you know right now, it's not going to be a good look. I feel like at this point, they're all just like, oh, hey, let's see how this goes, like, just for fun. Yeah, you know what? Because, like, something <laughs> Cause like that, so it's like, how do you not catch that? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like, oh, like that must have been a troll job for real. I feel, I almost feel, I feel bad for any black people that work for H&M, whether it's in their European branch or their Canadian branch, whatever the case may be. Like, this must be very awkward for them. You know what I mean? It's just like... How do you go to work knowing that this is what they put out? Yeah. Like, that's be very awkward. Like, I'm curious to know. Yeah. I mean, I guess the Canadians wouldn't feel as bad because, again, obviously the main headquarters are in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, so they would be in charge of all that. So right. I guess the Canadians wouldn't really, or uh, the North Americans wouldn't really feel as affected by it. Right. That's my thought, anyway. Right. And, you know, I, I can see it from that point as well, but like at the same time, it is a brand that encompasses mm. everything, you know what I mean? So it's just like, it's like Nike, for example. Like, sure, they have a certain collection that they have in, in their basketball division, and they have a certain collection that they may have in their, let's say, their tennis division that may be completely different from everything else altogether, but it's still under that one umbrella, right? right. So it's just something that the, it's, it's brand awareness at the end of the day, right? Like one branch, if one branch snaps, then the tree weakens. Yeah. Right, so they gotta keep that in mind. But nonetheless, um, Mel, I want to thank you for coming through. Um, it's always a great pleasure for you to come by. So come through anytime. Uh, yeah, yeah, all right, cool. <laughs> I see, I see you. I, 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 I see you. There you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, you have the new single coming out. Is there a new project on the way that's possibly coming out? Um, not anytime soon. Okay, I'm just gonna be doing my thing silently as usual. Right, right. Um, performing here and there. Um. So yeah, just follow me on the social media stuffs, mm-hmm. and uh, keep up with upcoming shows and what I'm gonna be dropping. All right, and that's what's up. And as you all already know, ladies and gentlemen, uh, keep it locked uh, on our social media uh, outlets. You can hit hit me up at cool underscore radio on Twitter, cool underscore radio on SoundCloud, and then also cool radio CC on Instagram, Facebook, and Instagram, Facebook, and there's another one out there. It doesn't matter, but either way, cool radio CC that'd be the main the main uh, at handle to to follow me at. Uh, And then next week as well, we do have another guest coming through. She goes by the name of julia tines another singer and songwriter who will be coming through to the studio for the very first time so keep on luck or keep 
on the lookout rather for that. And as you guys already know, as I said at the beginning of the show, uh, today kind of marks the fifth year anniversary of Cool Radio. So for all you guys who have been rocking now since 2013, I appreciate it. For all of you guys who even just tuned in today, welcome to the journey. It's about to be a crazy ass ride. I'm letting you know from now. <laughs> and everyone that, that I've ever met in between all the guests who have come through. Mel, of course, included. Uh, thank you guys for coming through, and thank you guys for recommending other guests to come through as well. You know, each one teach one. That's what I always say. But nonetheless, we have to go. So uh, thank you guys for tuning in once again. And as you already know, Cool Radio is a division of Cool Click Media and Entertainment, reminding you that we are out here creating our own legacies. Keep it gravy and wavy. We are out of here. Peace. Cool.